D-S-N-Y. Guys, get hit wow. with snow up there. Um, yeah, we only got about like maybe five inches, six inches, but just south of us in Binghamton, they got over three feet, and the videos are insane. That's not right. That's not right at all. You live in upstate New York. You're supposed to get pounded by snow. We got like I don't know, maybe maybe a foot, maybe more of snow down here, and it's great. I mean, snow is fun for like an hour. And then, you know, when the dogs have to go outside and take a shit and you have to get the car out of the driveway, all of a sudden the snow becomes not so much fun anymore. I wanted to ask, how is the dog enjoying I'm assuming this must be around their or your puppy's first snow. It is. It, it is his first official snow. Uh, he enjoyed it when it was just a dusting still. He didn't really understand what was happening to the ground around him. Um, and then it became like a foot of snow and he's not that tall yet. Uh, he's getting pretty heavy, but he's not that tall yet. So it's been very difficult for him to navigate the backyard to go to the bathroom because the snow is literally all the way up to his stomach. So when he leans down to, to do his business, he is right in the snow. Mm, poor yeah. baby. Flynn loves it though. Flynn, Flynn is fully grown and he is, you know, out there rolling around in the snow, running around. He loves it. Brody is still getting used to it because he's, he's too short to properly enjoy it. Oh, little guy. Oh, well, good. I'm glad to hear that we've all got some snow just in time for the changing of the season. So just in time for the changing of the seasons. What are you talking about? It's December. Yeah winter. yeah, winter technically doesn't start for another like four or five days. That's preposterous. This year doesn't count. This year doesn't count. It'll, it seems fitting though, because, okay, personal announcement. Uh, I'm going back to get my master's degree in journalism. That's a personal announcement. Um, so I'm back at home now. And last year when I was in Harlem, I didn't have to worry about shoveling the driveway or shoveling a path for the dogs because I lived in an apartment and it wasn't my job. And do you know how much snow we got last year? Nothing. Like two inches total yeah. the entire time. And now all of a sudden, I, it hasn't it snowed before Christmas in I don't even know how long. It's been years, years and years and years since it snowed this early here. And all of a sudden, now that I'm back home, it's like, oh, yeah, you're getting a foot and a half of snow before Christmas. This is going to be the worst winter of your life. I'm like, all right, that's I mean, that makes sense. That seems to track with how 2020 is going so far. I guess so. All right. Introduce away because I don't want you to forget that. No, I won't forget it. Uh, this is episode 84 probably of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming. Also brought to you now by XL Media. That's right. We have a grandparent company. The company that bought us got bought themselves. So that is just... It's like a Russian nesting doll of companies and we're all the way at the bottom and we have so many people we have to introduce ahead of time. Uh, also brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. And once again, nothing happened. Nothing interesting happened. No, I mean, luckily this week, to me, the most exciting thing was hearing Brian Cashman actually address the media about what's going on. So that I kind of enjoyed. Yes, uh, so... Cashman said, uh, as well as Boone, Boone did it too, um, that 
the number one priority, bringing DJ LeMahieu back, uh, as it should have been the entire offseason, as we just assume it's going to be. Still waiting for that paperwork to go through, though. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a little scary, um, but I can definitely tell you that it's, it's very, very calming to me to hear Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone say that because I feel like they haven't really said it in that many words. They've said maybe like, oh, yeah, we want him back. Absolutely. But they've never said he's our number one priority, which is very, very important. So that makes me feel slightly better. Although the rumors about the money and how far off they are, you know, aren't very good. But then again, they're rumors. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, you never meet the player at their first demand. We know this. This is like, everyone wants to freak out immediately about, oh, they're $25 million apart. Like, let's take a step back. This is how negotiations work. One side starts low, the other side starts high. And you probably end up meeting in the middle. Uh, and that'll that'll be fine. I'm not really concerned I mean, about you, him going to the Blue Jays. You rarely hear, <laughs> you rarely hear a player go into negotiations and they're like, "Yep, this is what we're gonna pay." And he's like, "Well, shit, I was gonna ask for like 30k below that, but okay, sure." Like, yeah, this this yeah. is all just part of the dance, part of the part of the tango. We're just like, "All right, we're gonna do this, and then you're gonna offer that, and then we'll counter with this, and then you'll counter with that." And by the time it's all said and done, we're just going to settle on the number that the media decided was a good number three months ago when the season ended. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, but beyond DJ LeMahieu, of course, they've uh, Brian Cashman talked about how several teams are calling in regards to Mike Talkman. Yeah, that's um, an interesting yeah. one. Um, mm-hmm. Talkman, I love Talkman. I think uh, it was one of those classic Cashman finds. Um, when he really struggled to start and we did not like the sock man at all until he, he turned it up in 2019 when we really needed him to, and he got those regular at bats and you finally see, all right, this guy's actually like pretty good. But in 2020, we had a hard time getting him at bats. We had, we're going to have a hard time getting him at bats going forward. We have Giancarlo Stanton's going to be the DH permanently. Uh, that has to happen next year, but now Clint Frazier can play defense. Now, Brett Gardner is probably going to come back. Let's just, let's just assume that Gardner is going to come back for whatever the Yankees have left after they've signed everybody else. Whatever they have left is what's going to go to Brett Gardner. Um, and you have Judge and Hicks. And it's like, well, how are we going to get Mike Tockman regular at-bats? I don't know. I don't know. This is true. I mean, you have to think about where he fits into the fabric of everything. You know, he's he's not a young prospect coming up. He's not a Clint Frazier type where, you know, obviously Mike Talkman had some incredible months and he really did some great things both def- defensively and at the plate. But I mean, listen, if you want to give Clint Frazier a chance, you're going to have to let go of some of the older guys. And, you know, that might equate to Brett Gardner, but... I was crying in the car earlier today, just imagining like waking up to a notification on Twitter being like Brett Gardner signs with the Texas Rangers. And no, I he's just, just he's just going to retire. He, he would not do that. He wouldn't sign with anybody else. It's either going to be finish your career at Yankee Stadium or yep, there it is. <laughs> Here he is. Like I cried. I cried. Okay. But listen, 
Mike Talkman, you know, he he's one of those guys that, that seems to just be the odd man out now. And if other teams are calling for him, I think that's a great thing because he definitely has value. Um, you know, he just doesn't really fit in with the Yankees' plans right now. And I feel like if they can get a good return for him, things could be pretty good. Absolutely. It's it's more of a depth thing. I mean, you would love mm-hmm. to have Mike Talkman, you know, riding your bench just to say, all right, like in case we need this guy, we have him. He's one of the better defensive outfielders in the league. Uh, he's a left-handed bat. We don't have a lot of those. And he can play all three outfield positions pretty well. So, I'd, I mean, I'd love to have him back. But then you look at the Yankees. I mean, the bullpen's looking a little shaky, uh, especially with Canely out for next year. Uh, you're looking at, I mean, Michael K is calling for Araldis Chapman to move back to the starting rotation, which is just, I mean, that's just absurd. That's just, a, I expect more from the K-ster. He's supposed to be better than that, that to stoop to these like Yankee Twitter level suggestions. Like, well, why don't we just take all the relievers and have them pitch six innings every five days? It's like, no, why would you mess up? With, why would you mess with a good thing? You don't, Aroldis Chapman hasn't started maybe ever. I don't know if he started as a starting pitcher or if he turned into a reliever or whatever it was. I just know that I can't even remember a single Aroldis Chapman start. So let's just leave him in the bullpen. He's fine there. That's fine. So you look at the starting rotation and you think, well, it's nice to have Mike Tockman. It'd also be nice to use him as a trade chip to get uh, some starting rotation depth. Right. And, you know, here's the other thing to think about, too, um, before everyone goes Twitter crazy with trade proposals, um, you're not going to get some someone huge from a Mike Talkman trade. OK, you are going to get someone who hopefully the Yankees can see some sort of value like Cashman saw in Talkman when he first brought him onto the team. Exactly. You're we're not, we're not looking. We're not even looking at an established back end yeah. starter. We're looking at triple yeah. A depth maybe two guys and maybe one of them you say, hey, we think we can get more out of this guy if we use his pitches this way. Like like how Houston does with every Pittsburgh Pirate pitcher, apparently. Where they just say, hey, the Pittsburgh Pirates had you throwing two seamers and sinkers. Guess what? You're pretty shitty at it. So we're going to throw four seamers up in the zone now. And then all of a sudden, uh, Garrett Cole turns into Garrett Cole. And we love this Garrett Cole. I mean, I don't love the whole like, hey, I was on the Astros and I beat the Yankees multiple times, but I love the fact that now he's on the team. I like this. It's good. It's good. I like and he's it. exactly what was promised. He's not what people thought we were going to get because people are dumb. Uh, they thought we were going to get a guy who throws nine shutout innings every single time he takes the ball. That's just not realistic. In a shortened season, he still had to sub three ERA. Uh, that's little trouble with the home run ball, but it's a small ballpark. So you have to assume that's going to happen. One of the things that you get caught up on with those guys who really throw high velo, high in the zone, their one weakness is the home run ball. And in Yankee Stadium, the ball is going to get out. It's just going to happen. So people who didn't, people who expected more out of Garrett Cole in his first season as a Yankee, even the shortened season, they just, they didn't know what they were actually asking for. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know, in other news, just with Brian Cashman's comments as well, uh, you know, he he says that they're they're definitely exploring the market, seeing who's out there. Some not quite like we mentioned, like super high caliber pitchers, but definitely pitchers that have great potential and maybe working with someone like Matt Blake could really 
give them an extra edge. Um, the other thing he did state too is about DJ LeMahieu, of course, that they want him to play second base. And they are, yes. <laughs> I can't believe this has to be said, um, but they are not going to trade Luke Voigt to move LeMahieu to first base. No, I, just, Luke, I can't believe that Luke has to be Voigt said. just finished in the MVP conversation. They're not going to trade Luke Voigt. I don't know why. I don't know why people want to trade Luke Voigt. Is it like a Greg Bird thing? It's like people chose sides on Greg Bird and Luke Voigt Probably. too early. And now it's like, well, now we can't go back. Now, no matter how well Luke Voigt does, we just have to, we have to say, well, we got to trade that guy. Yeah, he's just bringing the team down. We got to trade him. Like Luke Voigt is an amazing hitter. Amazing. Like, why would we ever trade this guy? And why would we move DJ LeMahieu to first when the what Cashman said, the production that he provides at second base, which is not a position in Major League Baseball where you usually expect to get a lot of offense from, and uh, DJ plays the position at a gold glove caliber level. And why would you move that guy off second base if you don't have to? That's a late career thing where it's like, all right, DJ, is, he's 35 now. He can't really pick it at second base anymore, so let's just move him to the corners, uh, get the range down. He, glove still plays. The glove will always play, but – Sometimes a guy gets older, you move him to the corner because he doesn't have the range anymore. Let's deal with that when DJ LeMahieu is old and still a Yankee. And then we can have the conversation. All right, are we going to move Luke Voigt? Are we going to move him to DH? What are we going to do with Luke Voigt to make sure we keep DJ LeMahieu in the lineup? Well, here's the other thing to think about, too, is, you know, by the time that an idea of moving LeMahieu to first base would even come in, come to fruition, which you just mentioned would be in the later years. So, you know, if he does end up getting his, uh, you know, his five-year contract, um, you know, then towards the end, maybe that would be something to consider. And you also have no idea what's going to happen to the first base position. Like, God forbid something happens to Luke Voigt where he can't play. Um, God forbid he gets traded or enters free agency and signs with another team. Like you just don't know. So I think just the concept of thinking like, yeah, let's move all these people around for this one guy makes no sense. And I hate it. And I just can't believe it had to be said on Twitter. I mean, this is why Twitter's dumb today. Like that should be our newest segment. I, I would honestly, we do that anyway. Every week we say, this is why Twitter's dumb today. This is, this is the Twitter. dumbest thing I saw on Twitter today and every day for the last week because there's no shortage of things to choose from. I mean, I, I love Yankees Twitter. I love the people on Yankees Twitter, but like the depths or God, I say Yankees Facebook, like, oh boy, it is ugly out there. Some people just... I mean, uh, we're complaining this week about Aaron Hicks making $10 million a year. Do you understand how good Aaron Hicks is? How, how uh, getting, getting him for $10 million a year is such a great deal. He is worth so much more than that. And it just shows that they don't know where runs actually come from. They come from walks and power. Nobody cares about batting average. It's just batting average is done. It's over. I agree. I agree. Except for when, you know, DJ wins the batting title, then we can celebrate it because, you know. Yeah, but he's also doing the other thing. Like it's, it's nice I to have, know. it's really nice to have the high batting average guys like the, mm -hmm. the Mookie Betts, who's going to hit like 330, but he's also going to walk a lot. And he's also going to hit for a lot of power. The Mike Trouts who he'll hit over 300 almost every year. But his OBP is going to be over 400 and his slugging is going to be over 550, 590, 600 even. Like, 
the OPS is where it comes from. That's where the offenses come from. Weighted runs created. That's how you really determine how good a player is. And Aaron Hicks for $10 million, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, I could because I know like what Yankees Twitter is. But I, I, deep down, I was like, I hate this so much that people just like, they just don't understand how good this person is at baseball. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then, you know, just like, cause a couple things did happen this weekend they're not as exciting, but the Yankees signed uh, Adam Warren to another minor league contract, which we kind of knew was going to be coming. Um, former Yankee uh, multiple times. What? This is his third time back. I think, I think it's, I think it's the fourth. His fourth. Yeah. His fourth. You're right. I actually, I met him. He's awesome. Like just a cool dude. And obviously he did some great things for the Yankees in the early years. And, you know, obviously he's coming off Tommy John surgery, missed an entire season. We'll see what happens when he officially comes back, but you know, hey, he just loves being a Yankee. Contract. no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. They let him rehab. And then if you get anything from them, great. If you don't, I mean, he's on a minor league contract. It's easy to move or easy to cut. It is what it is. Yeah. And then they also signed uh, to another minor league deal um, in infielder Andrew Velasquez, who I don't know anything about him, but from what I hear from John Heyman and, you know, John Heyman, um, the kid's a Bronx native. So, hey. I don't actually know anything about Andrew Velasquez either. I've been meaning to, to look him up today and, and see what the deal is. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure, but you know what? Hey, it's fine. Minor league deal, like we said, no harm, no foul. Let's just go with it. Ooh, um, yeah, the, the, the offense Yankees, is not there for Andrew Velasquez. <laughs> he is not an offensive player. Um, and then obviously the Yankees lost, uh, you know, they released Jonathan Holder. He was just picked up by the Cubs today. So good luck to Jonathan. Uh, hopefully better outcome in the Windy City, but good for him. Good guy. Yeah. Liked him. Yeah, he was nice. He was he was nice when the Yankees bullpen was like so ridiculously stacked that it's like, all right, like we can if we have a short start, we can throw Jonathan Holder in the fourth inning, get him through two innings before we get to like Canley Green, Chapman, Britton, everyone else. It's like that's a nice spot for him. Uh, this year, when we had to throw him in like the seventh and eighth inning, I think did he close a game this year? Is that a thing? Did, am I remembering that correctly? I think he did, and I feel like he also scored a run. Yeah, I don't care for that. Don't care for that. I don't want Jonathan Holder, uh, Jonathan Holder closing games out. We want Luis Sessa closing games out. So there we go. Luis Sessa, um, high leverage numbers. Unbelievable. Ah, listen, one of these days you guys are going to realize that we're right. And when it actually happens, like everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so unexpected. Uh, hello, hello. If yeah, you've been I, listening to us. <laughs> I've never we, felt more confident in that take than when we were joking around about it with Max on. And he was like, actually, I, I like Sessa a lot. I think he, he is actually a pretty good reliever. And we're like, yes, Luis Sessa for closer. Max is on board. I quite literally would fight tooth and nail for that man. I would die for that man just to talk about his high leverage numbers. <laughs> Am I Absolutely. This is, see, th these are the moments when we, we're just a little bit too deep. We're a little bit too deep into the mud. Where we're like, whoa, have you seen his, his numbers with runners on first and third and only one out? Because, whoo, buddy. Like, and you add the eighth inning door. into that? Yeah. I, I'm going to be on death's door. And they're going to be like, what do you want your final words to be? And I'm going to be, 
Have you seen Luis Sessa's high leverage numbers? He should have been closer. Gone. That's it. Gone. There it is. Done. All I need to say. Have it engraved on your tombstone. <laughs> Just get the whole baseball reference. But I'm sure he'll be retired by then and he'll have, he'll have yeah. closed. He'll be the new MLB leader in saves. He'll take over Mariano Rivera's saves lead Just, position. <laughs> just put the baseball reference like link on there. www. And just a nice little a video of the podcast from a year ago where we said Luis Sessa's high leverage numbers are pretty good. And it's like, we knew before everybody else. I will die on this hill. I will. Oh, man. That's, I mean, it's a hill to die on Luis Sessa for closer. That's, <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, so, have you been watching Dominican baseball? And if so, do you have any observations about it as of late and who, what our boys are doing down there? Yeah, I've been watching a, a couple times a week. I haven't committed. There's there's a plan that you can just get the whole season, and there's a plan where you can just get 24-hour access. I haven't committed to the whole season yet. I know I should because I'm watching it enough, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, what if I spend this money on a season's worth of access to the Dominican Winter League, and then I just stop watching? Like All the Yankees players just stop playing in it. You won't. No, I know I won't, but I've, I've still been, I'm not ready to take that leap yet. I'm just not there yet. I'm just going to, the one day passes. Yeah. When I know an Albert Abreu starting or Davey Garcia, Davey Garcia, I know I'm going to watch on that day. Hmm. Okay. I'm just hearing, I'm just hearing fear of commitment and fear of commitment. Yes, that is (laughs) concerns me, but like, Hey, I, I wish you the best of luck. Do whatever you gotta do. Yeah. If you've asked any of my friends, what, what my big, worst personality trait is it is a fear of committing to literally anything plans uh, watch out ladies watch watch out watch out uh but two note two notes uh one i love seeing gary sanchez just get back to hitting i know people want to say it doesn't count because it's the dominican league they got some good pitchers down there but again we said a couple weeks ago we don't care we just want to see gary get his feet back under him so that we he can Go back, become the the catcher that we know he is. We've seen the offensive production already. We want him to get back to that. Just get your feet back under you. Uh, number two, Domingo Herman might be terrible. He might be really just the worst pitcher ever. I mean, that could actually be a, a good thing if the Yankees are looking to get rid of him. Um, you know, just the idea that like, Hey, you know what? We didn't just lose a superstar pitcher. And obviously he could just be very off because he has not pitched for a very long time. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he's done, like, possible. he's done workouts and everything like that. But you know, pitching in a live game situation, like we said before, is so different than just throwing, you know, to your personal catcher. Yeah, like and that. it's also it's also worth noting when he was suspended, he wasn't allowed to use the Yankees facilities right. or anything. He wasn't allowed to work out with their minor leaguers. So it's not like, you know, he was throwing sim games on the backfields at spring training. Like this guy was nowhere to be found. Um, right. But right. for Herman, I mean, I, I never really believed in him as a starter. Like I know he, he led the team in wins in 2018, but I, I just – I never really trusted him with the ball. And it was just kind of the offense carrying him. Uh, the numbers, the advanced numbers definitely don't look great at all. Um, his, his FIP was, I think, close to five. Uh, and even at, by the end of the season, his ERA was over four. 
So I don't really, I, uh, people are, are saying, well, we have Domingo Herman coming back and he was so good for us in 2018. Like if you're relying on Domingo Herman to be your second starter, you're in deep fucking shit. It's not great. It's not great. That's for sure. Yeah, it's um, not at all. And mm-hmm. also I, he's a bad guy. So I'm, I'm not going to be too right. happy with him coming back. Um, so if, if right. he and doesn't I, come back, know, I'm I fine with that. I don't want to wish ill on anyone either, but this kind of makes it easier for me, um, you know, just in general, because like, I don't want to cheer for him. You know, it's, no. it's and kind that's, of one that's of those- a tough line to walk because on one end you're like, well, playing baseball is, you know, it's a privilege to be able to do this for your life. And there are certain things that Herman has done where you would say, yeah, like, I don't really think, you should have that privilege anymore. And then there's the flip side of it. Well, this is really his only marketable skill. You're really asking this guy to give up his entire life's earnings, his potential life earnings because of, because of what he did. And it's a tough line to walk. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable sitting on the fence. I don't really want him back with the Yankees. Uh, if mm-hmm. he catches on somewhere else, you know, it's, I'm not going to root for the guy, but I'm, it's a tough line to walk. Right, exactly. I'm not gonna necessarily root against him, but I'm I'm not gonna root for him. I'm no, gonna be very indifferent. Even you know, it, I mean, it's kind of like with with the Roldis Chapman, and you mm-hmm. there's yeah. part of you that's like, yeah, like I really don't like this guy, but I understand that he's contributing to the team at such a such a high level. Um, but I mean, if Domingo Herman isn't even gonna contribute to the team, it's like, well, what's the point of even having this guy around? Right. No, I mean, that's, that's definitely a question that they're going to have to ask. Um, also just like going back to Gary Sanchez, cause we love to talk about Gary Sanchez. I mean, the, just the thing I've noticed too, from highlights that I've seen, cause I do not have the Dominican, uh, baseball season package and whatnot, but you can get the one day been... package for $2. Uh, I could, I could, if I had time. Um, but I think probably the most impressive thing I've seen, especially in the highlights is the fact that he is taking or fighting off a lot of pitches, Mm. you know, he's not just swinging and missing. It's not two strikes and you're like, Oh my God, he's, he's going to strike out again. Like you're not expecting that now he's kind of being smarter about where, where the bat is going in the zone. He's not just swinging for the fences. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting singles. Um, like we said, it's not the major leagues, but there are some major league pitchers there. And and some some high-level prospects. I mean, prospects yeah, go down yeah. that league. We're looking at Albert Abreu, I think. Uh, I, I know Miguel Andujar faced Albert Abreu. I think he struck him out. Um, but Abreu is one of the Yankees' most promising prospects. So that's not... Right. That's no slouch out there. He hasn't played... A, actually, I don't know if he's played a major league game. Um, but he hasn't played a lot. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know that's the kind of caliber of pitching you're seeing down there is guys who don't, they're not stars in the league, but they're no slouches. Right. Exactly. So yeah, good for him. Good for Gary Sanchez and Miguel and Duhar has started hitting down there as well. And he even won player of the game honors the other day. I think he was two for four. Um, so good for him. You know, that's obviously uh, he's in a tough position because he quite literally injured himself and went out for the entire season and that allowed Gio Urshela to really get his opportunity, and he has excelled in every aspect. And I don't think Miguel Andujar is going to win back that position, but, hey, if he's going to increase his value, good for him too. Yeah, he's, he's just waiting on a trade. Um, mm-hmm. 
And who knows, who knows if it's going to come this year, if the Yankees are going to try to hold on to him for depth. I mean, they're not required to trade him if they're not going to play him. They could just hang on to him and see what happens. Um, But I mean, you never know. Right. Exactly. No, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely enjoyed kind of watching the highlights of the Yankees players and just waiting for baseball to come back. Like waiting for baseball. Waiting. Uh, also, this week, speaking of Gary Sanchez, uh, James McCann signed with the Mets, which means we can stop the James McCann to the Yankees rumors. So that's so good news all around. Solely on the Yadier Molina. No, trip. nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Won't do it. Won't do it. Yadier Actually, Molina is uh, not that good. <laughs> Brian Cashman did also say that he believes that Gary Sanchez is still his catcher. So um, yes. he has that it has been put out into the universe to a lot of haters but i didn't expect anything else no we knew they were going to give gary at least one more shot uh and you see what happens next year next year is is the decision time right like all right now are we, are we really going to move on from this guy or are we going to try to stick it out a little bit longer um we'll see uh also pretty good news cc sabathia's documentary is coming out on tuesday that's exciting i'm so excited um, I'm really I, – I really don't know that much about CC before baseball, uh, just about his childhood. I mean, I know the information is readily available, um, but it's just not something I've ever looked that deeply into because by the time – I mean, by the time I really got really into baseball, like you're always a Yankees fan growing up, but you don't really understand the game. Uh, by the time I really understood the game, we were kind of past CC Sabathia's prime. Uh, I mean, well, I guess maybe I, I'm looking at 2011 probably as the, as the first time I was like really understanding, you know, the, the shape of the league and who CC Sabathia was, uh, compared to his peers. So most of what I've seen from CC is the downswing. So I don't really know. I didn't really invest that much time in learning who he was before then. Um, yeah, so I am, when, I'm really excited for it. When that was announced, I was incredibly excited. Um, just because in general, I mean, I, I I knew like some of his stories growing up just from listening to his podcast with Ryan Rucco. And, Mm. um, you know, he just seems like such an interesting character too. And obviously he's been through his own hardships and struggles. And, you know, the biggest one that I think of was, I believe, what was it? 2015. Um, right. As the Yankees were going to be playing in the wild card game, he checked himself into rehab and, you know, that was something that, he got a lot of hate for that at the time. He got a lot of hate, obviously, because people are like, what are you doing? You're ruining the team. But, like, man, I give him so much credit for doing that and putting himself and his family and his life first as opposed yep. to baseball. Absolutely. I'm okay with it. And I'm I'm really excited to kind of, you know, hear his entire story. Um, not only that, but he also has um, is going to be a broadcaster for the Brooklyn Nets yes. coming up this weekend. Pairing up with his buddy Ryan Rucco. That's tomorrow. I'm absolutely yeah. going to watch that. Uh, yeah. I, I like I like basketball. Not not nearly as much as baseball, but I feel like it's it's nice to just be able to sit and watch a game and just hope my team wins, uh, which is not like what I do with baseball because now that you know, we're doing content for baseball. I feel like I'm always analyzing everything and being like, oh, well, Gary swung at that low and away slider. Like chase percentage is going to go up and yada, yada, yada. When I watch a Knicks preseason game, I'm just like, oh yeah, good shot. There we go. Basketball. Basketball. Yeah, this is fun. 
I enjoy basketball in a way, but you know, I just never really got into the whole NBA. I, I prefer college basketball. College basketball why. is awesome. I think they actually just play defense and that makes me happy. Absolutely. Also, um, you're from you're from upstate and if there was the first thing I learned about upstate is that they treat Syracuse like the New York Knicks up there. They don't even care about the NBA. They're like, oh, but Syracuse, we got Seton Hall coming into town this weekend. This should be a good win. Syracuse Syracuse basketball is quite literally the city of Syracuse. Like you cannot live here and not be a Syracuse fan. If you are, you will hear it. It's just like, I don't know. We praise these men every year. The, you know, the two, three zone, like this is a big deal. Okay. It's a big deal. Big deal. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not like that down here. Like we have St. John's maybe 15 minutes from my house. I think I've ever been to a St. John's game. Nope. Syracuse is where it's at. The games are awesome. Walking to the games is terrible um, because well, it's Syracuse upstate New York, all the snow, but yeah, no, it's uh, the entire city of Syracuse is just Syracuse basketball. Like there's nothing else. Yeah. It's crazy up there. Um, What else we got? Uh, You got anything else for the Yankees? I do not. Uh, okay, I got two things to wrap up on. We'll get through them pretty quick. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are going to be changing their name. Uh, it's not going to happen in 2021, which is kind of ridiculous. I, and I went through this with the Washington football team too. How long does it take to pick a new team name? How long could it possibly take? It feels like a two-hour meeting where you just have everyone sit in the room and be like, all right, everyone, suggestions, all right, vote. You can't vote for your own. All right, that's the new team name. Like, how, how hard could it be? The Cleveland Midges. I mean, that's a big one. You know, it's like there's there's so many options. Really, there actually are. I sounded super sarcastic, but there, there are. So no, many. there are. There quite literally anything. Um, yeah. I like I like the spiders because the history of of the game. Uh, I know the people from Cleveland apparently like the Rockers because of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't really like that one as much. Um, yeah. It's, it doesn't do it for me. Doesn't do it for me. Um, no, we'll see. It's not going to be 2021, uh, which seems ridiculous. Uh, I feel like once you once you realize that Chief Wahoo was maybe too offensive to be your team mascot, you probably should have realized, hey, we should work on changing the name like now. Um, yeah, instead of being like, yeah, it's super offensive, but let's keep it for a whole other season. Like just, yeah. you know, just Whatever. out of history. Whatever. At least they're finally going to do it. And uh, number two, the Negro Leagues have been promoted to Major League status. Uh, and all of those statistics are going to be counted as official stats. So we're going to have some updated leaderboards, which is really exciting. Uh, brought up a conversation about Josh Gibson, who is my number one player. If I could go back in time and see one person play baseball, it would absolutely be Josh Gibson because there is no tape on that man. There is no video of this man hitting baseballs, but every single account from ever the game's greatest pitchers, Satchel Page played for like, 80 years and he was like i have never pitched to anyone nearly as good as josh gibson like i would need to see that guy hit yeah there you go no that's it's really awesome that you know they're finally finally recognizing it i feel like this was long overdue and um you know it's gonna be pretty cool yeah absolutely uh so i think that wraps it up for the week you got anything else um maybe hold on one second oh boy is it a late breaking notification? 
late breaking notification that I just missed. Um, Clint Frazier, my buddy Clint, um, you know, posting on Instagram, of course, now all about his shoes. Like he's got oh a ton God. of he shoes. He has so many sneakers. Mm-hmm. I wish so, I had a shoe room like that. I have three so, yeah. pairs of Jordans. That's it. Yeah. So he, he posted a picture of these pretty sick shoes that are kind of like, well, they're the purple safari shoes is what they're called. Oh, the one with Danny McBride, right? Correct. Yes. And um, Tyler Wade commented and said, let me get these. And Clint Frazier replied and said, Gardy took them along with my turtleneck. Shad face. <laughs> oh, Brett Gardner needs to come back because if he doesn't, who's going to take all Clint Frazier's stuff? Yeah, who's going to be the team bully? Like, I mean, we talked about this last year when, when he did the, uh, when Tyler Wade got mic'd up. And first of all, it's still absolutely hilarious that he's like joking around with all these players and then he turns a double play with dj and he's like good work bro and that's it that's all we get from dj uh, <laughs> but i mean brett gardner doing this uh, tearing the sleeves off tyler wade's shirt and stealing clint frazier's turtleneck like ah, yeah Gardy's so funny and then they go back to the locker room and they're like crying in the showers like i just i don't understand why he's always picking on me jealous of your hair that's why Oh man, so yeah, uh, Clint Frazier has a million shoes. Uh, Brett Gardner will absolutely be back. He'll be, he'll probably just jack Clint Frazier's cleats next year, his custom Jordan cleats, and be like, Yeah, I'm wearing those today. You can play <laughs> I mean, in these hospital at shoes. At this point, you just let the man do what he wants to do. That guy's been around the game longer than you've been alive almost. So <laughs> hey, it's like, it's like grandpa at Thanksgiving. You're just like, Yeah, I just. If he wants to go to the front of the turkey line, just let him go to the front of the turkey line. We're just not going to do this today. <laughs> oh, Brett. I hate to think of him like that, but at the same time, it's pretty funny. <laughs> no, it's fine because he'll be back next year and then he'll retire. And then, honestly, I don't know if we'll ever hear anything from Brett Gardner again after he retires. Like oh, He might God, just no. retreat into the woods and just he, yeah, become Jose been... Canseco looking for Sasquatch. You see, I don't think he would go that far because he knows he's short. Like, he knows that he really can't put up much of a fight, even if he finds Sasquatch. So, I, I'm not really sure what he could do after he retires. I don't know. Huh. Good question. Who knows? Maybe maybe the entire baseball world will just end. Like, baseball will stop when Brett Gardner stops being around, and we'll just completely forget about it. Write that on my tombstone, too. Yeah, the world stopped when Brett Gardner retired. Correct. See, so much to fit on there, so little time. How much does it cost? I should start doing the research. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, all right, yeah. so that'll that'll wrap it up for this week, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Sounds good, everyone. Stay safe. <laughs>